welcome to Overcoming, the podcast to support you in your healing, growth, and overcoming journey. My name is Taylor, I am your host, and I'm here to support you through tools, resources, and also shared lived experiences to inspire you to take back your life regardless of life's messiness. I am also a doctor of occupational therapy, certified trauma professional, and survivor who's been healing for years to remind you that anything is possible. Before we get started, I want to remind you that there is a trigger warning present throughout this entire podcast just due to the heavy nature of trauma and also shared stories from our guests. Additionally, this is for educational purposes only. Make sure that you are checking out and going to see your medical providers and psychology professionals for individualized advice. Again, take care of yourself. If you need crisis resources, they are on my website. You can also contact the emergency services. And now that all of that is out of the way, I invite you to take some deep breaths, ground yourself, and join me in this overcoming journey. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Overcoming the Podcast. I am your host, Taylor, and today we are doing another episode of the ADHD miniseries, and I am joined from Kristen from Weirdly Wired Women, and I'm going to have her step on and introduce herself and why she's here, and we'll get started. Hi, Taylor. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Kristen Stelzer, and uh, I founded Weirdly Wired Women to help um, women who have never felt like they fit the mold in the corporate world find a place that they fit. And while I have some neurodivergence, it's not specifically for neurodivergent women. I find that women are under so much pressure at work that whether you've got diagnosed neurodivergence or not, you're dealing with all kinds of extra brain stuff. Um, And so that's my aim is to help women who have felt like they never fit in, figure out how they can fit in. And um, oftentimes that means by starting their own business. Absolutely. And yeah, starting your own business, been there. Absolutely. So I'm excited to get in this conversation because you do work a lot with entrepreneurs um, and especially female entrepreneurs. And there's quite a few of us in this page. So I'm excited to dive in a little bit deeper. Um, So do you want to share a little bit about what got you started, why you even wanted to create this? Sure. Um, So uh, what was not surprising after I realized I um, had ADHD, but I got it. I was diagnosed very late. So I was diagnosed last year. I was 47, I think, 48. Um, And so throughout my career, um, I went to school for engineering. I was the very stereotypical um, good student um, driven by anxiety, but I didn't realize it. Like nobody ever would have thought I had ADHD. Um, And then I went to college. I did all of the things um, and I got an engineering degree and I started working in engineering. And and that was fine for me. Like it suited my like puzzle solving and, you know, wanting to, to, um, to, to solve problems. And there was that learning, like that cool aspect to it. But then, um, I found that I would get bored so easily. Like after a couple of years where I had gained expertise, I was like, yeah, like what's, what's next? Like I couldn't imagine myself being one of those people who had been in the same job or in the same niche for like 20 years. So, um, Fortunately, because I was in land development, there was always like someplace else to go. So I went into various different things looking for where I fit. And I was like, believed that there was going to be this magical, like, ah, I've, I've found the, the place because, you know, I grew up in the era of, you know, you, you got a job and you stayed there for 40 years. Yes. And I never got that. Um, 
so I progressed and I progressed, but every time I, like I would get bored within a couple of years and, um, and eventually, um, and ironically, I made the choice to move to a company um, because uh, it was the safe choice and um, mm. the company I had been at was having some layoffs and then I got laid off. Um, oh no. <laughs> from that company. <laughs> and uh, it was a, uh, I had been toying with the idea of starting my own business for a while. And, uh, and that was just kind of the, if I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it at all. And yeah. I started, um, because of my background, I started tech writing and, um, and working mm. in the technology field. But my goal was always to help um, women entrepreneurs who needed to be getting their voices out and, um, and sharing their experiences and becoming um, like, inf not, not influencers, but like experts in their field, but didn't have time to do the writing or didn't like to write. Um, my goal was to help them. But every time I got to the point where I was going to pivot to that, I was resisting. And so I hired um, a, my amazing coach, Angie Coley, and um, she and I were talking about some things. And it just so happened that at that time, I had not only just gotten diagnosed, but it, I was running into so many women who were sort of at the same kind of crossroads in their careers. Like, I, I like I just I'm so tired of all of this stuff that's going on. And I, uh -huh. like this, you know, corporate life is not made for people who have kids or aging parents or any caregiving responsibilities or, you know, anything besides, you know, a housewife at home who can take care of everything for you. Mm -hmm. So um as we were talking about that and the experiences these women were having and how I was helping them, she's like, you realize you light up every time you talk about that. And I was like, huh. So, um, so that's kind of how the, the idea was born that that's really what I wanted to do. And then um, I further honed my focus mostly on women who have some neurodiversity or some other kind of challenge that just makes it hard to fit in because yeah. there are lots of women who can navigate the world, the corporate world, but, um, but there are a lot of us who can't, it's just so hard. I, I wholeheartedly agree. First of all, thank you for sharing your story. I think that's so inspirational and also for the work that you do, because I, I agree that there's just, you know, women in general, like systems are built. We live in a patriarchal society. We know right. that, right? Like, especially corporate systems, corporate systems are built for men. And like you said, they're not accommodating. And especially when you add in that neurodivergent component, you realize that these systems are set for very neurotypical people, right? right? It's like conform or you're the odd one out or you're right. getting negatives on your performance reviews or you can't keep up or what's wrong with you. And so we just internalize this what's wrong with me thing, right? And, you know, I have a very similar story in that I, you know, March, 2020. So when I first got into the field of occupational therapy, um, I started at this pediatric occupational therapy clinic and, you know, working with kids, which I was very familiar with and loved and, and super comfortable with. But even so it was my first job in the middle of, you know, like just going to school, getting my doctorate, had a little bit of clinical experience for three months, but it was the first time being on my own. Mm -hmm. And so I started at this clinic and then the leader of the entire clinic, um, said she would mentor me and uh, which was wonderful. But what happened is between the anxiety things that come up with like cases that were not known or medical things that I didn't know and not wanting to make a mistake or, you know, just like things that I hadn't seen before. I had more questions than I guess she was comfortable with later down the line. Um, and basically it was like, you should know this by now. You should be fine by now, but like complex, rare medical cases. She's like, you should be able to problem solve this without me. I'm too overwhelmed. I can't keep up. So I don't know what to tell you, but maybe you shouldn't be in this field. 
essentially. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I was like four months into my career at this point and she was upset that I was asking questions about complex medical cases and that mm-hmm. I had too much anxiety or whatever it was. And so basically, um, I was doing great with my kiddos. Like I was really strong with the relationship component and like helping them feel safe and like anyone kids who had anxiety or anything else, like I really was able to connect with them and like help them get into their bodies and feel more comfortable and that kind of thing. And also with parents as well. And then I started recognizing that like, that's a huge component of things. Well, long story short, March, 2020, I got laid off. Um, and it wasn't personal, but I just happened to be the one who made a complaint and just was the only, like one of a couple that got laid off as, as soon as they could. Um, so it was actually a blessing in disguise for me because I started this page and, you know, just being able to share trauma education and, and, you know, sell like soothing strategies for anxiety when the world was, was chaotic. Um, but then I had to go back part-time probably after about a year, somewhere in there, once there was finally jobs open again. And I found myself in this like pattern of hyper-focus and burnout. And, you know, this company was a a great company. They were very diverse in what they served. They were going into homes and also going into schools and going into clinic as well. And so I was like, wow, this gives me like, like you, I get bored really easily. And I chose occupational therapy because if you go into a different area, it's like a new job, but you're still certified. So, um, you know, there's just so many things that you can do. And so I was excited with like having the ability to do all the settings but then I also got really overwhelmed and especially in pandemic, things were changing all the time. I couldn't just, you know, like improv everything. I, I was great with the kiddos themselves and, you know, like in person, but then there was so much planning and paperwork and all of these things and switching settings and then worried about safety and, and all of these things that I had to manage that even part-time I was feeling overwhelmed um, because I, I wanted to keep my business going and there was just so much happening. And I just like realized I'm like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I keep up with this paperwork? Like if I were to have a, a longer evaluation, which is like maybe like a nine to 10 page document, but there's a lot of templates and you've done it before. Like it, it's like a routine thing, but it just takes like two or three hours to sit down and do. If I knew that was going to happen, then it would just sit on my plate and it would just stress me out more and more. And I wouldn't be able to start it, even though I wanted to, mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. And so I was just like, what is happening. And so then the more and more of those that I would get, that would be on my plate, I would get more and more overwhelmed and just kind of went into this like shutdown. And I realized that it was like later afterwards, I got diagnosed with ADHD and I'm like, wow, this makes sense. But like, there were so many demands coming at me at once that, you know, once upon a time, I was a great multitasker. And, and, but I was in survival mode and anxiety like you. Right. And so now that I've been like healing my nervous system and, and kind of back into my body and not using those, like push through overextend myself, my brain was having a hard time keeping up. And so that's just kind of where I ended up where I was as well. So, you know, and, and then I was like, well, I'm going to start my own business. And then you find out a whole other plethora of things, (laughs) right? It's like my favorite thing is like, um, I forget who said it. It was like someone who, when I was getting ready to start the business and they were just like, well, if you want to know all of your flaws and see everything that you need to work on right in your face, become an entrepreneur and get ready for it. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, I did. I came out with an ADHD diagnosis and all of these triggers that I saw, you know, and then it's also been like a healing journey, but I'm just, I'm very grateful that we're having this conversation because talking to a lot of, especially neurodivergent women, the workforce is not set up for us and accommodations aren't even like they exist, but I feel like they're not always met with kindness or actual understanding like sometimes on the surface but if you need to do something more than once then there can like be like resentment building in the corporate world especially and you know it could just be really hard to manage right no absolutely and um and I, I know you can get accommodations for neurodiversity and I, I didn't ever try to get any of those because um because I didn't know at the time, but yeah. I imagine that those like would have gone over even worse than the, Hey, I'm going to be a little late every day. Cause I dropped my son off at school, you know, yeah. like, and, um, yeah. Uh, one of the things that you said though, that I wanted to touch back on, um, just cause I'm curious how your experience was when you said you got laid off because, yeah. um, I mean, both of us, I think reflecting back, think it was, you know, like you said, a blessing in disguise, but in that yeah. moment, I mean, it feels like your world is ending. Like yep. I did not realize how tightly my identity was tied into my career because I was like, oh, it's just work. You know, I work because I, you know, want to eat. It's not, it's not part of like my identity. And then the next day, in fact, like the day that I got laid off was, it sucked. But like the next day was worse because I woke up and I'm like, I have never had nowhere to go yeah, to work when I've wanted to, like I've had breaks in you know, in employment for moves or whatever, but there was a purpose and I had engineered that purpose, but this was like out of my control. And I just, it like that hit me hard as well. And then I think on top of that, um, probably now that I know what it is, um, like rejection sensitivity mm-hmm. or rejection. Oh gosh, I can never no, remember. You're right. I know. Yeah. I said, I actually, I recorded a podcast where I was introducing RSD and I was like, relation sensitive dysphoria. No, it's, I just call it RSD, but it's rejective, rejection sensitive dysphoria. That is the correct term. (laughs) And so I just, I mean, I felt like, yeah, like I was just never, like I had no value and nobody was ever going to want to hire me again. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know whether I was taking that energy into job interviews with me because, you know, I immediately started to find another job because that's what you do. Um, but then at some point during that, I was like, I just don't want to do this. Like this, this isn't what I want to do. I don't want to go back into another one of these jobs. I don't want my livelihood to be in the hands of someone who, and in my case, um, was my boss's boss just didn't like me, decided that I didn't have the personality to do my job. I've been yeah. doing that job for like 20 years, very successfully at other companies, but he just yeah. decided because I didn't act this, the way that he thought that I should act, that, that, um, that, that I couldn't do the job. And so I was yeah. let go. And, and then Same with like me. Yep. that, that like, um, kind of, I had met, you know, I'd gone through the early, um, or the mid 2000, um, recession. And, and so there were a lot of layoffs then, and I managed to escape them all. Yeah. Um, luckily. So I, I guess I kind of had this belief that, I don't know, somehow I was like, I don't know, would always make it through like without having this like layoff experience. And so, um, so it just, I was so stunned and so unprepared. And so Mm -hmm. before then I believed in this, like, oh, you have a job, you have job security. And then I realized you do not like, no, you know, and I think security is a myth. 
I mean, mm-hmm. especially when it, I mean, the world can change. We've, we've seen, right. we've lived right. through it. We've seen how overnight the entire world can shift. Right. And I think that, you know, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that out about how you felt like you just kind of like lost a sense of self in a way, mm-hmm. like right. a piece of your identity. You know what I mean? And, and I get that too. And it's, it's funny that you say like, do, did you bring that into other jobs? I did. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, I internalized, first of all, it's internalizing what is wrong with me that I can't right. do this. Cause even though I'm like, I know what I'm asking for isn't too much. And it's not, you know, like someone else would just be like, oh, here, this is a great resource on this medical, whatever. Or, you know, like, Hey, this is, you know, but sh- my boss was already overwhelmed. And so instead of regulating herself, she just like went, no, you're too much. Right. And so, because my entire life I've been told I was too much, you know, undiagnosed neurodivergent trauma history. I know, like I have been told my entire life that I am too much. And so I used to just chameleon and Mm -hmm. dumb myself down and whatever to fit in these things. But I think that like, at a certain point, you're like, I'm not doing this anymore. And, and, and then it's scary too, because like you were like, they just didn't like my personality. So they let me go. That's essentially right. what happened to me. I mean, again, you say it's nothing personal. It's just because you had a doctorate and you were one of the newer hires. I've recognized, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I can, I can recognize the pattern. I understand you didn't like me and it was a way out to help you save some money in a maybe unstable time. Like I get it. Um, and so, you know, I, I had this thing with authority, especially after that, like I already had troubles with authority in the past because of, you know, past things or jobs or, you know, in grad school, even like, cause I really was starting to recognize that I was different in grad school and like needed different things or, or whatever. I wasn't always fitting the professional mm-hmm. mold that they wanted me to. Um, and so, you know, I would run into little things with professors or whatever and, and nothing like serious, but enough to like you need to act different. You need to be a different personality, basically, you know? Um, and it was never really with clients, but it was just like, even at the school, like you need to start being like a professional because you're already being judged. And I was like, Ooh, so, you know, I already had things with like, what am I doing wrong? Is my personality too much? It's, you know, and then when I got into this new job, which actually I knew these owners from way back in like 20, like 2012. Um, I worked alongside them when I worked in special education. I was just a special ed assistant. And at first they just had a speech therapy company um, and they were considering adding occupational therapy there. And we're going to like poach me and, 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 you know, hire me eventually. Um, but like start me off as like a special education assistant potentially with their company. So like I knew of them and they knew me and they liked how I worked back then. So it's not like it was just like someone brand new. I had to like, please. Um, but like I reconnected with them and it was, I got feedback in my first review that like, if I felt like I made, like I did something wrong, like I was behind on paperwork or I misspoke or something that the emails that I would send, or, you know, I would like overcorrect to the point where I was over explaining. And they're like, you think that every time you make a mistake, you're going to be fired. That was my number one thing in my performance review. And I was like, like you're human, you're allowed to make mistakes. But I had such anxiety because the moment that I spoke up for my needs in the last one where things were different or things were harder, they were like, yeah, no, I can't support you. So that carried on into the other jobs. And I think that that did lead to burnout as well, because I was also adding on this, like, I have to be perfect. This is a really big changing world. And this is really hard for my brain, but I can't let anyone know I'm struggling because I'm going to get fired, you know, and like all of these things. And so I do think that adds into it. And on top of that, you do internalize like, Ooh, something is wrong with me. And you know, like maybe I don't deserve this. And so then are you really showing up to the best of your ability at that point? If you're just trying to like 
dim yourself or make yourself fit in or don't have confidence in yourself? Probably not. No. And then the other thing is like, just I've so many companies just interview terribly and they have that like rote formula and you're like, and, and I've long thought that was stupid. And when I interviewed people, when, when I was in a position of hiring, I just, I just didn't do that. And um, so yeah. I would go to these interviews and it would just be like, oh, like, why are you giving me this ridiculous scenario? Like, can we just not talk about the problems that you're having and what I can do? And like, um, so yeah, just the whole thing. Um, like the more and more I was doing that it, and I was still toying with the idea of starting my own business, but um, mm -hmm. after, after a couple interviews and like just the disinterest in going to any of them, like I was like, yeah, this, I gotta, I gotta give this a shot or I'll never do it. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, it takes, it, yeah, it's, it, there's just so many things about about working that that are terrible like especially especially the interviews where you feel like you have not, you like they put you in a position of you know you're kind of like groveling for the job like they they have more to offer than you do and I'm like no I'm actually quite skilled mm -hmm. but now you want me to play this like oh yes I would love to work for this company and I think it's amazing and you know so they don't take kindly to asking questions about their culture and like you know how would you treat you know, when I have to leave because my son has an emergency at school. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I think some, some benefit for me came with a little bit of, of age and definitely um, enough savings that I could start my own business. I know that I'm very fortunate in that way, but, um, but I've been thinking a lot about ways that other people can start to get out because it's, it's so soul sucking and it, is. it doesn't have to be that way. And, you know, I've found that um, I feel more secure now in my job, even though it's, it's me and I'm a small business owner because I have the ability to change. Like, like you said, when the world changes, I can make a decision to change. Yeah. I can change. I can see some signs and be like, oh, I don't think this is going so well. And I can, I can pivot then. I have so much more control over outcomes than I used to. Now I can't control everything, of course, but like, yeah, it's so much more empowering to be like, okay, uh, this client isn't working out. I'm not going to work with someone like that anymore. Or, um, or wow, that was a mistake or wow. I love this kind of work and this is what I want to pursue. Yep. So um, yeah, I know that was just like a bunch of random direction. No, honestly, <laughs> the, that's, that's the beauty of all of the random as it connects beautifully because yes. I, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, there's a bunch of things where it, it seems random, but you're right. There is more control. And I would also say there's more flexibility, right? Yeah. And that that's one of the things that we mentioned at the beginning is like, yes, environmental factors, like I need to pick up my child, but also what if you're just having an off day where you can't perform in the same way that you normally do? Like, right. I know that I ran into that, especially, especially in the pandemic that was extra triggering for me and my nervous system because I am a trauma survivor. And so when, you know, I was okay to a point, but then when we're talking about safety of children, my nervous system was just like, so consumed of this is my responsibility. I have to be the one, you know, like I am the helper here. I'm on the front lines with this. I'm the ones going into these. Like there was a child that I was working with that they were basically like, it's either that they potentially stay this like this the rest of their life, or they see therapy and there's a risk of if they get sick, they die, but they have to be to a certain level for like strength and whatever it is in order to get this life-changing surgery. So we're going to risk it. So please be careful with what you do. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I was, but you know what I mean? So it's just like all of this already anxiety built up. So mm -hmm. then you're having to function 
even if it, you know, pandemic or not, there's always like circumstances going on in our life. And if you're someone who struggles with self-regulation or, you know, you have other mental health challenges or, you know, even today, let's just be honest. I came up here to you and I was like, I am having a hard brain day. It is mm-hmm. not my brain day. Right. But here's the thing is like us as entrepreneurs can share that. But if I went to a corporate boss and it's like, I'm having a bad brain day, buddy. Like, right. They'd be like, so yeah. Why do I care? You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so I guess it comes down a lot to executive functioning. I think just being able to access those higher level brain tasks when there's so much shifting around you or you have other needs or, you know, it's just like, and especially when we're talking about neurodivergent population, um, you know, really being able to manage that, but also recognizing like, how can I support myself? So if you are working with women who are having like maybe a harder time or they have fluctuating, you know, nervous system or having a hard time concentrating or paying attention one day or whatever it is, what kind of things, first of all, would you work with them on or supports or like, what have you seen? Oh gosh. I mean, everybody presents so differently and, um, and really more what I do is, is kind of help people figure out where they're sweet spot is more so than, um, yeah. than specific ADHD, um, yeah. stuff. But I think, um, the first thing I'll say is that when you're doing something that you enjoy those bad brain days, I mean, they come, but they seem, um, they're less, uh, difficult. And then when you are able to choose who you work with, mm-hmm. um, you can choose people who are accommodating to that. Like I, I yep. used to always love, um, when I had female clients, you know, who would come to me for writing, because if I had something happen, I could always call them and just be like, you know what, the school call, I had to go pick up my son. Cause my son has um, some sensory processing issues. And then he's also got ADHD. So there were lots of trips to the school before we figured all that out. Yeah. And, um, and they're like, Oh, no, no, it's totally okay. You know, we can figure this out. I, I mean, it was just so much more accommodating or um, I found people who um, did not grow up in the U S like, cause mm-hmm. I have, um, so it's, it's not just that it's, um, women, but also people in a culture where they like take vacations and, and your life is not your, you yeah. know, you don't have to be on all the time and, and stuff yeah. happens. So, um, but those, and now with neurodivergent women, I, I really like working with them because we all have those days where we're like, I'm sorry, I'm running late. And it's not, um, we, we, we know that nobody's doing it on purpose. And so that allows all of us to give each other grace. And that just, that in yeah. itself makes a huge difference. Um, and I think that's probably one of the keys is giving yourself grace. Now it's very mm-hmm. easy to give someone else grace. It's very hard to give it to yourself. Um, and you know, I struggle with that too. Like I am harder on myself than I would be on anybody else in the world. Um, but I think that that helps so much with your executive function when you're like, okay, I, you know, I'm a human, I'm also a human with ADHD, and I'm going to struggle with this sometimes. And that's okay. And, um, and when we let that happen, rather than trying to fight it, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like, it's more exhausting to fight it, and you get more drained and less likely to be able to do the thing that you need to do. Whereas if you're like, okay, I, I need, I need something else right now to help me reset. And, um, and giving that to yourself and recognizing it. And, And, you know, and I'm just as, guilty of this as anybody where I, I, you know, I believe that I can, you know, yeah, I'm in control of you brain. And I'm like, I'm going to 
think my way through this and and oh, you yeah. can't and um and eventually I realized that and I um yeah. I'm working on getting to that realization part a little faster yeah <laughs> um but yeah. um but yeah and and then to, for some it's it's kind of just figuring out what it is that works for you what is it that motivates you um mm-hmm. and I'm always trying random new things because again yeah. they work for a little while and then I'm like yeah that's not working anymore. Yep. Truly. I honestly, podcasting is like my favorite thing. And that's, that's why like, even on like bad brain days or whatever, I'm like, Oh, I can like, I can turn it on for podcasting. It's like really easy and natural and enjoyable. But like, you know, if I have to sit down right now and like type up paperwork, that would be really challenging. Right. Um, and so I think it is, yeah, it's just knowing yourself. And also like, like you said, like the communication and accommodation and, once you create these spaces and just environments and social supports, and even if you're still in this corporate job where maybe they're not going to be accommodating, if you have your humans that you can talk to or a mentor or outside of things to just be like, Hey, I'm having a hard time. Sometimes even just being met with compassion and empathy and understanding and saying, you know, reminding you're allowed to be human goes a long way, you know? And I can say for myself too, that like coming on here when I was like, Hey, I feel comfortable that enough that I can tell you it's, you know, it's, it's a bad brain day today. Um, and whereas any, if I was going into like a corporate meeting, I would be like so much anxiety that I wouldn't even be able to communicate something like that. And then I would just feel like I'd be expecting to do more. And then I would shut down more and it would be harder because then, you know, you're, you're trying to force yourself to perform in a way where it's not possible and also internalizing judgment and worry about, you know, judgment from others. And so the anxiety just makes it harder too. Yeah. I, I did find that, um, I mean, this helped as when I was doing writing projects for people. Um, I mean, I very, very, usually I'm deadline driven anyway. And um, it's it's very rare that I would miss a deadline, but sometimes it happened. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would, I would just, I mean, I didn't want to get into the whole, oh, well, I have ADHD and I'm having, but I would just say, look, I, I am having a hard time finishing this to the quality that I want to. And um, I can get it done to you today if it's really important. But if I could have another three days, I think we'd all be much happier with the product because I'll still get them what they want. I just, just, I know it's not going to be my best. And so I think that's a tool or a phrase that you can use um, in a lot of places. I mean, obviously, if you work in one of those really like old school places where there's never going to show you any compassion, I mean, just... I, I, I'm sorry. I feel like I feel bad because I know, yeah. but like, if you have any sort of, um, realistic human that you work for and you can be like, Hey, um, you know, I, I know we want, we wanted this done and I can get it done today if, if it's, if it, if we really need to, but it's not going to be my best work because I'm just, um, I'm, I'm thinking about something and it's just not coming together for me the way I want it to. And I think it would be better if I could wait. And then maybe there's some other lower priority tasks or like not as stressful tasks that you could work on instead, because I mean, there's always going to be stuff to do, but if you have anybody like, it's very rare. I mean, in certain, in certain things, the deadline is real and necessary, but in a lot of them, there is a flexible, I mean, it's a deadline because someone decided it was a deadline. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you can just be like, Hey, I, I, I know I can do better than what I'm doing right now, but I need a little break from it um, to let my mind like, I don't know, let the back of my mind suss yeah. out this problem. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, I I can only speak for myself, but if I had someone who said that to me, I'd be like, oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. this deadline is, yeah, we have some flexibility here. Um, I mean, fortunately, I don't work in a position in a, in a like, I get to decide the deadlines. <laughs> so I, um, yep. but nothing, like, nobody's going to die if this goes out a day later than than I wanted it to, or even two days. It's okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, 
I even, I think to myself sometimes I, cause I have deadlines that I set for myself in my business and there are times where I can't meet them or something comes up or, or whatever. Right. Um, and you know, I love that you, when you're working with others, that you can share that component of like this, this can get done. It's not going to be to the standard that you want, but it can get done if you just need it done. And right. also if you would rather have quality over the fact that it's just a check mark, this right. would be the option. And I think that's really good because it's saying like, I'm obviously respecting what you decide you need. Mm -hmm. Here's my capacity and what I can provide right now. And then kind of move on from there. Um, and you know, and I think too, like for me as a solo entrepreneur, like I hold myself to these very high standards of we're doing this, then this, course, then yes. this, then this, then this, right. This is going to be on this date and people are relying on me for here. But like, is anyone going to get upset if like the podcast doesn't go out on Monday and it goes out on Tuesday? I really don't think so. Right. Or whatever it may be. So mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting in that because I think our world kind of is driven by deadlines and driven right. by this structure. Right. And I think that we get into this zone of, we have to fit this structure. We have to fit this mold. And sometimes just stepping outside and like, you know, pulling back and saying, okay, if, if I'm forced to be in this structure, is this going to be the best? Do I want this to be done or do I want this to be done to the best of its ability? Right. Right. And then really looking at that and going, huh, what is that? whether that's for something we're doing in our lives or with corporate or whatever, I think that's a really great thing. Yeah. Well, and I think that, I mean, the trouble is for some corporations, um, especially public corporations, you know, they are required to follow certain rules and they're beholden to their investors. And so, so yeah, they're, they really don't have a lot of flexibility with certain deadlines yeah. and, and, and I understand that. Um, but I can choose to work with companies that are like that, or I can choose to work with non-public companies or individuals and, um, you know, it, it kind of set up my, um, my clients based on what I, um, what I know each of them is going to be capable to bend on and, 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 um, you know, how human they're going to be, because again, I, um, I, I, I want to work with, like, I think I put it in one of my, uh, one of my, products like I don't work with asshats um like true like I don't I like that's and that makes such a huge difference that you know I genuinely yes. like every single person I work with um mm -hmm. because why why would I why would I make myself suffer um yep and I you know I choose to work with people who are compassionate and understand that you know life happens and um fairly recently I had um someone I work with, one of um, my consultants had a horrible, uh, unexpected death of a friend. And he, I, I don't know why he answered the phone when I called, but he was clearly distraught and he explained what happened. And, um, and I was like, there is absolutely nothing that we are working on mm -mm. <laughs> that needs, like, go take care of yourself and what you need. And I will, I'm not going to call you for a little while, Yeah, <laughs> but I am thinking about you. Maybe I'll call to check in, but do not feel like you need to answer the phone because like, honestly, there is nothing that I am doing mm -hmm. like, and there's very little that I can think of that would be important enough to be like, to put pressure on someone who is already like in the depths of like absolute grief. Like, what are you going to gain by that? Nobody's going to win. No. Um, so, no, and you know, and I think that that's important too, is like, yeah, the flexibility and, you know, when it comes to supporting others and, you know, I, I'm definitely like that 
as much as I can be as a business owner as well. And like, now that I have a team, it's more like building in deadlines that are and, and, you know, like building, you know, and this is my first time doing this too. So like working in supports and that kind of thing and like trying to look in and be like, okay, what would I want? What would I need? Um, but I think that that's important. And even if we take that philosophy into our personal lives, or we take that into our to-do lists around the house or whatever it may be, right. Is like the more overwhelmed we feel, the harder it is to do the things. And, right. you know, if there's more of like a trauma response on a certain day, or there's like grief stuff going on or whatever it is, like in my very first online course, like I had been prepping for this forever. I have had this vision since the beginning it was like two years into my business. I'm finally putting this baby up right in the middle of this. I have a huge trigger like showing up live for my clients. And I, I can't explain it because I literally was in the middle of like a police thing and supporting mm-hmm. with an investigation that was really intense. Um, and like, obviously one, I legally wasn't allowed to say anything, but two, it's like, this is happening right in the middle of this. So I have to figure out my capacity and what I need to do to be able to show up. And I still had to do some of the things, mm-hmm. but I did have to change some of my expectations on myself because this was big. And, you know, I also was worried for my life at that point as well. So like in the grand scheme of things, could some clients potentially be really upset? Yes. What could I possibly be giving some refunds? Yeah. But if I overextend myself too much to the point where I can't manage myself, who is that going to hurt more? Probably. Right. 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 Exactly. So I did, I had to shift things and, you know, like meetings were a little bit less than I wanted them to be. And I already had a lot of like content recorded, but as far as like live things, I cut back a little bit more than I wanted to and said, here are some resources instead. Mm -hmm. Um, but then like, it took a while to get out of that shame component of like, I couldn't do, and I was judging myself so harshly. It was like, man, I should have done better. And looking back, it's like, no, actually that was hard. Yeah. No one, no one would, if anyone knew what was going on, no one would expect you to be able to do it that way. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I get that. Yeah. And I think, um, what you touched on made me think that one of the things that I think is also incredibly important, whether you're, um, whether you are going to start out as an entrepreneur or, um, you're just trying to make it work at work and you're, um, overwhelmed as a, as either as, as a, as a woman or a neurodivergent or both, mm-hmm. um, is to find a community that gets it because yeah. it can be really, really lonely and really isolating. Um, especially if you feel like you're the only one who's experiencing it. Now you might be the only one experiencing it at your company. You might not be able to find a community there yeah. and, and maybe you don't want to, you know, maybe you need that separation and that's probably a good thing, but there are so many spaces now, um, where you can find that support and community and just like the people who get it when you're like, Oh my God, I like totally blew this meeting today. And, um, you know, I'm never going to have any more clients again. And like, you, you can, you have the people who can like talk you down and like, Oh no, you know, I think that first of all, it probably wasn't as bad as you think in your head. And, you know, the people who, um, really believe in you are going to follow along and yeah, maybe you give some refunds, but that's not the worst thing in the world. And, you know, just those kinds of, um, or even just like, okay, well, I see you're struggling with this at work. You know, have you tried this approach with your boss? Or, you know, I had something similar happen and I, I tried this and maybe that'll help you, you know, just having, um, making sure that you don't feel alone is so important because you're not, it just feels that way. And, um, and everything is harder when you feel like you have to do it by yourself. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's like the, the social support is super, super helpful and, 
even if you can't communicate it to your boss, even if you can't communicate it to the clients or whatever, like for whatever circumstance, right. Um, you know, I think that it is good to have those other supports in place. And that brings me to like the idea of like, you know, if you know, this is something that's irregular for you, if you're a complex trauma survivor and you get triggered, or if, you know, like there are harder anniversaries, or if there were just like seasons that are trickier, or, you know, like certain triggers or whatever, um, you know, you know that you're, you have ADHD and so you fluctuate in your ability to maintain attention or perform or whatever it may be to have like proactive support set up and systems mm -hmm. as much as you can preparing for that. It right. is inevitable. Right. right. We know. And if and anything, even if you have like a chronic illness, even if you know, like sometimes, you know, like autoimmune stuff, there are flare ups. It doesn't matter what it is. I find that like having a proactive system in place really helps. Um, and for me as an entrepreneur, after I worked past the shame of that, it was actually a really good lesson because I realized that me showing up live is not the best way for me to run my business because things in my life do fluctuate enough to where I can't show up to how I want to all of the time. Right. And exactly. I am my best when I am my best and my content is solid when I am solid. Right. And so I have now shifted to a model of I'm going to record things and everything is going to be pre-recorded, so I can do it when I need to do it when it's good. And then it's up there and I won't have live stuff anymore. Um, and instead I'm just kind of doing like a Q and a, if people subscribe on my Instagram, it's just like $5 a month. Q&A, pop in, ask me questions about the course details, whatever. Um, but things are always going to be self-paced and up. So people, you know, I'm maybe ex recording a little bit more extensively and like kind of answering some questions I might anticipate within things mm -hmm. but that more information and work on the front end for me is worth it to not be unable to show up how I know that I can and my clients deserve on the other end. So that's just one of the systems in my business that I put in place, but I also have all kinds of other things to know that like those days happen. And on those days, how are we going to communicate to people? Are we going to communicate to people? Do we, you know, another thing on like social media, if you're, there's so many people in here who are like entrepreneurs and, and sharing their journeys. Like, do you have just posts that you can just repost or put up on those harder weeks or whatever, or, you know, those seasons where you're not feeling motivated or, you know, like there's always ability to, it may not be the thing that you wanted, but right. can we adapt and be okay with it not being perfect or exactly as planned? Cause it's not always going to go as planned. And it's almost never going to go as planned, never, right? <laughs> so the backup plans, you know, like I have B-roll content of just like backgrounds and quotes that I can add whenever I want, right. That are like, it's like, I can't show up today, but here, here, there's still some stuff for you. Right. Because I know like I lead a community and that kind of thing, but also like it, people recognize that like, I'm not expected to show up all day, every day. I recognize that too. But even so, if there's like periods where it's like, I just don't have the ability to be as creative right now, or I don't have this or whatever. And adapting. And obviously that's social media, but I share that because I know there are a lot of people here who run social media accounts who are, mm -hmm. are listening to these things. Um, you know, and just like have little backup plans in place, like, Hey, for a low energy day or a, you know, a harder emotion day or, you know, whatever, if this circumstance comes up or I have to step away for whatever systems in place are really helpful. Yeah. I kind of have this, um, sort of kind of list of like low energy, like all things that need to happen. Um, and, and, you know, they're not all, high, they're clearly not all high priority because some of them don't ever need to happen. But if I'm just having one of those days where I need something to, you know, I can, do, I can look and I can feel like I've done something. Um, but 
the other thing I've recognized, at least for myself, is when I have those like super productive days, like I need to reserve a little bit of energy at the end of that day to rework my week because (laughs) that end of that week is not going to be productive. Like I I might have two good, super productive days, but then the rest is not going to be productive at all. So I need to like figure that out. And so some of it is really just like learning those patterns that, um, and and not everything is going to have a pattern. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. if you get triggered out of the blue, I mean, who can, who can expect that? But, um, but there's, but there's always, um, not always, because I just said there aren't always, but if you can discover a pattern and and have things in place for that too, you can see when it's happening and you're like, okay, this is, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm heading for a crash or, um, you know, or you're kind of at the end of the crash. You're like, oh, next week I, I could tell I'm going to be super productive because I've been a slug for the past four days. Mm-hmm. What can I get done? Um, yeah. It's, it's, and it's, it's frustrating because like, if you're not neurodiverse, you don't like, these are not conversations that you have to have with yourself. You're just like, oh, well, I just, I need to clean the bathroom today. So I'm just going to clean the bathroom. I don't want to clean the bathroom, but I want the bathroom to be clean. Whereas I'm like, yeah, I want the bathroom to be clean, but I cannot make myself do it. Like it's just not happening. Yep. And the level of steps that this takes and level of planning and the level of like, my brain just isn't doing it today. And like how, you know, and the accommodations of like, how can I break this down? And if I can, and, and, you know, like maybe things like body doubling when it's like actually things like that, but also, yeah, I agree. It's just like, we are, if, as, if you are neurodivergent, you're expert at pattern recognition. So Mm -hmm. use that to your benefit and recognize it in your own function. Right. You know, I noticed this sign, this means this, right? I'm so, I know if I record too much video one day or the other day, I'm going to be exhausted the rest of the week. Even yeah. if it was fun, I was energized the whole time. I'm going to be like in two days of a complete shutdown. Um, and, and that's just what happens. Is it frustrating? Yeah. But I have to recognize that's just my pattern. Right. Um, and so now I know moving forward when I make my own schedule, Oh, I need to accommodate for this. Right. Or if you were doing more than you expected to, and you're starting to shut down or you realize you're going to get more energy, really being able to be flexible, um, without judging yourself for that. Right. And I think that's a huge thing of, you know, even multi-passionate or neurodivergent or anything is like the ability to be flexible. Um, especially as you're getting out of the corporate world, if that's something that you're, you're into, then can be extra helpful because that's part of the reason that a lot of us leave is there's not much flexibility. Right. Yeah. At at the same time, you've got to be careful not to be like too flexible with yourself where you're like, where you don't get anything done. Cause, um, because that's often, it's not a, it's more of a, an avoidance or a fear of getting started, but you know, it's very easy to be like, Oh, I'm just having a hard brain day and I'm going to focus on this another time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you learn so much going out on your own. And I mean, I'm certainly pulling stuff that I learned, you know, throughout my career, but, um, you do, you really do face like what you're good at, what you're not good at, you know, trying to figure out how to make it work. Um, you know, how to wear all the hats and when to like, yeah when to pass off a hat and, um, but then, I mean, and that's great too, because you can outsource at some point, but mm-hmm. then you've got to manage that relationship and that's just more, more stuff. But again, you, you, as the person who runs your business, get to choose who you work with. And so you get to choose people who, again, are going to fit your work style and, um, and are going to care about what they do. And mm-hmm. so it's, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I love working with small business owners because, um, because they really care about what they're doing. 
not yeah. not that people in their regular jobs don't care about what they're doing, but it's just, um, I don't know, just. You're the one who created it. It's a different right. kind of passion. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I think too, that when you're thinking about this is my passion, this is what I want to do. It's important to consider also that we do have the ability to put in systems. We do care so much. And sometimes caring so much, we can still over obsess over certain details. Uh, right. Oh, exactly. <laughs> like very, like, this is my baby. I don't want to pass this off, but could I? Yes, yeah. Right. Um, and, and just recognizing that, like, you know, like you said, you're, you're faced with these things about yourself that you're gonna have to look at. Um, but it doesn't always have to be bad and it doesn't right. always have to be that hard as you put systems in place and, and have that flexibility. Right. Sure. And, and I think that then also just, I mean, again, it's, it's learning to be compassionate with yourself, which is, um, which then just trickles out into so many other things, because I was always, um, you know, like I said, less hard on anybody else, but just having to, to learn that lesson, uh, you know, to, to be more compassionate for myself, it's just increased my ability to, um, even when I'm having a bad day and I'm feeling crabby and I might have been less generous with my compassion in the past, I'm still like, you know what, I, it's, it's okay. Like I could be having a terrible day and something awful could happen. And I'm like, you know what, it's, it's, it, it, we all have days. Um, so it's, it's helped me um, not just to become more compassionate for myself, but to be able to extend additional compassion to other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, that's the more, and I would say too, like when people, I would say most of us extend more compassion to others. Right. So if that's hard for you to do that for yourself, start modeling, like, or like mirroring what you would do for someone else. I Mm -hmm. always say like the reason I stepped into my self-love journey, because I started treating myself like someone I loved before I did. Um, and so it kind of just got to this point of like, if my friend was feeling this way, what would I do? Mm-hmm. If they were having this hard time, what would I do? Right. And then going through the motions sometimes, right? Like even, even before we fully believe or feel like don't have as like still have the shame with this or whatever, it's like really like being like, okay, what would I do if, right. and I think that kind of helps others as well. And I know for me, that's, that's literally how I was able to actually start loving myself. Um, fake it till you make it <laughs> yeah. and get more of that compassion and things. And so like on these harder days, I can be like, Hey, I'm going to be real honest. And I'm not, I'm not feeling like, cause like the main thing for me, I think was like, I felt like less of a professional or less of like a human when I wasn't able to perform to certain standards. And I think that like, you know, I'm going to be seen as incompetent or my reputation mm-hmm. is going to be ruined. Right. And I can imagine that even regardless of circumstances, if you have to do something different than the norm, it's a huge fear for a lot of people. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, huge. well, and especially if you're coming from a, a place where, where like, um, everybody did just conform and you're like, well, I, I wanted, I, I need to do things differently. And how, how are people going to respond to that? I mean, there is, that's definitely, um, a fear because like clearly like this is the right way to do it because all of these companies are so big and they all do it this way and that must be the only way but um yeah but like I like to um you know 
I think about like the, um, you know, because for a while, everybody was like, oh, the, the big bookstores, they're going to take over and there's not going to be any more local bookstores. Well, where I live, there's tons of lo little local bookstores because people love them. And so like, there's always going to be, yes, that, that, that more, that, or that more efficient big box place is, is always going to be there. And there's people who want that, but there are going to be other people who want the, maybe it's a little less efficient, but it's more personal. Maybe it's, um, you know, it's, it's harder to get, it's harder to get to, but you know, like there's value in that to people who care about that kind of stuff. It's the same, like people who go to microbreweries rather than, you know, picking up a six pack or whatever at, at the grocery store, like yeah. those, those specialty experiences and those things that you have that nobody else does or nobody else can do quite like you, mm -hmm. um, it's valuable. And I think um, we often downplay that in our, well, not all, I've seen it a lot. We do downplay that in ourselves because yeah. we think it's, it's like, we have to be this big, big thing to make a difference. And you don't like, mm -hmm. um, oh gosh, there's this lake I think it's like, like powder, like powder. I don't, I should know this, but um, it's the, it's the beginning of the Colorado river. And it's just like this placid little lake, but like mm -hmm. you look at what the Colorado river has done and it all originated from this lake and it's made the grand Canyon. Like, and it mm -hmm. wasn't like it happened overnight. It wasn't, it, it was like drop by drop, like little things have a big impact. So you don't have to make the grand Canyon. You can just be part of the flow that helps change the world. And, um, and I think we we downplay those things because because of, of, of all the things that we've absorbed as people, you know, going through our lives and and you know trying to fit into these molds. And especially if you've masked um, and mm -hmm. and are having to and are wanting to unmask and feel very vulnerable, mm -hmm. um, that that question just hangs there. Like, you know, what's going to happen when um, when I take this off and will will people care or will I, you know, absolutely. And will I make it completely? And, and so it's, it's really, I love that analogy with the river and, you know, it just, I think another strategy within that is just when you're having the hard things, remind yourself what you have done, remind mm -hmm. yourself who you are. Right. Um, I always say like when I'm, I'm like, I'm in like a, a negative self-shame spiral. The number one thing that I need is someone who knows me to positively, aggressively <laughs> remind me who the hell I am, mm -hmm. remind me what I've done, remind me what I'm capable of. And like, I'm allowed to be human. Right? right. And like, sometimes that reframing can be so positive in your mind and that maybe some of the harder things or the struggles don't feel so intense when we can look at that. Right. Like right. the standards for ourselves, we kind of get a reality check in a really positive way. Oh yeah, definitely. Like the, even if you can't call up your best friend, just so, you know, what would, what would, they say to me right now, and you know, mm -hmm. you can hear their voice in your head and you're like, yeah, they're right. Um, because they, they're saying the exact same thing that you would say to them if you were, yep. you know, saying all those negative things, but yeah, reframing it is hard. And then again, like what's great about that, that analogy with, um, with the lake is that even a small drop eventually makes a difference. So if you can, if all you can do today is the smallest thing, yep you're still doing it. Like it doesn't have to be a flood. Yeah. It can be a tiny little drop and then, and that could be it for the day. Yep. Some days it doesn't really rain at all. It's okay. Yep. I, I love that. Ah, 
fluctuating lives of nature. It's like if, yes. if nature can fluctuate and have seasons so much, why do we as humans think that we can't? Oh, because we think we can control all of that. <laughs> we control the world. Yeah, no, no, we, that is control is also another misconception. We don't really have as much control as we think we do. We can oh, control I, what we but can I like control, to, but yes. Oh, yeah, I know, but I like to pretend I can control far more than I can control. Oh, too. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to control the way the world plays out right now. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to my life path. I'm like, there's this, then this, then this, then this, and then something happens. And I'm like, that's not my plan. And then I get mad and like throw a tantrum. It's like, did you really have that control? I remember uh, when I was younger, I was like, okay, so I am going to go to college and I'm going to meet the man of my dreams. I'm going to get married by 23. I'm going to have kids by 26. And by 30, I will be traveling the world. I'm 30. I am single. <laughs> and there is nothing on the horizon at this moment. And like, and, and you know, the world around me, is like, oh, we can like compare and whatever. But like, honestly, I'm very glad that that didn't happen because if I was currently with the man that I was interested in when I started college, I'd be living a whole different life and it would not be a healthy one. So, you know, it's like, we have to remember too, that like sometimes plans don't work out because there's another plan that's maybe a little bit better and more suited for us too. Um, and, and being flexible with that and that, you know, I've, I've definitely seen coincidences like, Oh, I was supposed to go on this trip or whatever, or, you know, there was something for me where, um, I was supposed to be going to Boston. I would have been living right next to where the Boston bombing was like months after. And I would have, I'm sure I would have been like my dorm was literally right around that finish line. So who knows who genuinely mm -hmm. knows. Right. But I was just like, this is so horrible. And, blah, blah, blah. and like, maybe something happened. And that, that was for a reason. Um, I know it's a personal belief of mine too, but also, you know, it's like, it, it helps me for sure when it's like, well, I can't control everything, but maybe there's, there's a reason that I can't control everything. And I just have to like trust and surrender and allow that know that like, this is actually for my good and I can make the most out of wherever I am now. Right. Well, and also you like, you make these plans with the best information that you have at the time that you're making them, but that's, that's not all the information that's out there. And mm -hmm. so, you know, there's, you know, so you're making this plan because that's what you want your life to be, but you don't really like, you don't really know, especially when you're like 23 and you're like, yes, I, I planned my whole life out. Well, you're going to change a lot in the next couple of years. So how do you know? And yeah. and that's th true throughout your whole life. Like, um, mm -hmm. you know, as, as you hone what's really important to you. I mean, I think as as you get a little bit older and you refine those things, um, maybe it doesn't shift quite as much, but it's always changing. Like, yeah. because because everything changes. Mm hmm. Absolutely. And you know, just like, what is the, the cheesy saying? Change is the only constant. Yeah. Well, and so that's one of the uh, things that I, um, I, I like to share um, because I, I kind of got stuck in that mindset too of like, I have to know everything about what I'm going to do with my business before I can start it. Like, you mm -hmm. know, like the, the guy who cre like created IBM knew what that was going to be when he started it. No, I mean, he had an idea, whatever. I don't know. I actually don't know the story of the guy who I assume it was a guy um, who created IBM. Like maybe he did know that it was going to be an international conglomeration, but I, I suspect not. And yep. so, um, but but we seem to think we have to have everything all mapped out, and 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 then it's like carved in stone, and nothing can change. And you can change anything at mm -hmm. any time if it's not working for you. Change it. Like that's the beauty of of having 
you know, the, the autonomy. And that's true even in your career. I know that's, um, it's harder to find another job. It's hard to change. And in, in some circumstances, people might not be able to, to move as easily, but, um, but I mean, you, you can make changes. They, they might be painful. I mean, change often is, but, Mm -hmm. um, but nothing has to stay the way that it is. Um, yeah. Well, I think also in change, it's allowing priorities to shift and maybe, recognizing that it may be different than someone else's priorities. Right. So one of the things for me is like one of my biggest values while I was building a business, like I said, you know, I went to like the hyperfixation and burnout and whatever. One of the biggest values that I needed in my business is flexibility. And I have put that and prioritized that above consistent financial income and making what I could make. Right. Like I could work part-time as an occupational therapist and be making some significant stable money and be just fine. Right. Um, but also I lose my mental health. I get so overwhelmed and so tired that I still can't keep up on my business in the way that I want Mm -hmm. to. Right. And so recognizing that, okay, if this is my priority, making this passion project purpose, everything for me, sustainable, um, and also, you know, supporting people and even doing that little bits at a time. And now my, after I have the foundations now, like the next thing is like expansion. So how do I put that in place? And for me, I nanny part-time because one, I love kids Two, It's enough to pay the bills. Like we're, we're bare, but we're paying bills. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I am prioritizing the ability to be more flexible and, you know, if, if things come up or whatever it is, or if I get this big opportunity, it's a lot easier to leave than if I have a, a list of medical clients with, you know, all of these things and they don't have replacements or whatever, um, you know, and so it's just a little bit more flexible and I can, you know, I move stuff around or, or whatever. Um, and so that's been my priority. And so, you know, I've had people look at me and be like, why, why do you do this to yourself? Like, why, why can't, you know, but it's like, my brain doesn't do all the things. So I mm-hmm. need to prioritize all the things. And for me, if I don't have my mental health and I don't have my energy, I don't have any other foundations in my life. And so that's been something I've had to prioritize. And I've been lucky and fortunate enough to that I have been able to, and that, you know, like I have been able to do what I need to do. And, you know, it has allowed me to be able to go deeper in my healing and do things now. And like, I'm in a position now where I finally am ready to like expand in my business and, and make more things and, and you support people in different ways to where I can get some more you know financial support coming in within my business. But I was chapter for a while where I wasn't able to do that. And so I needed the flexibility to work through that and make the baby steps. Right. Cause like mm-hmm. one of my favorite things, I actually have a thing right next to me that says big things and small steps. That's my like motto right now and what I'm keeping in my head because there are big visions, but small steps need to happen to make that happen, right? And you're not going to change the world. You're not going to build the Grand Canyon right. that quickly. And, you know, being okay to prioritize, okay, what do I need to do? If this is my goal, right? what are my actual priorities and what can I compromise a little bit on? Right. And be honest with yourself and not everyone's going to accept it, but you have to do what's right for you. Right. Yeah. And and the same with your, what success means for you, because mm. it's not the same for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people are 
I, I remember I was working for this, um, uh, uh, one of the companies I worked with and um, it was a small business, but, and, you know, we, we hired out other consultants and one of the consultants, lovely and um, has just a, a small business and isn't looking to grow it into anything phenomenal or like not phenomenal, but like big and like, he's not yeah. looking to expand and scale and all of the things. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the person that I was working for was very much looking to do that with his business and kind of like looked at this other one was like, well, you know, he's, just, he just wants a lifestyle business, like one that maintains his lifestyle. And, you know, I'm like, oh, what's wrong with that? Like, that's mm -hmm. not your priority, but if he's happy, why do you care? Like, it's, yep. that's his success. And, and that's fine. Like it, you don't have to like, you know, if, if success for you is having enough, um, I have a friend, she, she lives off grid most of the time if she can help it. Like she, um, but she likes to travel and she can work remotely. She's got like this whole setup, but, but she wants enough that she can live the life she wants to live. And you know, that doesn't, mm -hmm. that's, that's cool. Like, yay. That, and, and, you know, surely some people look and are like, well, that's weird. I wouldn't want to do that. Well, then don't do it. You don't have to do it. It's not yours. Yeah. Right. That's the great thing about, I mean, especially entrepreneurship is like, you can design the life that you want and, you know, have the values in your life and create the life that you want around that. Right. There are some people who work in seasons. There are some people who, you know, have, have things automated. There are some people who like, no, I need to be on, maybe I give myself a nine to five, whatever it is for you. Right. It's like you set what matters to you. And I love that as like, you define your success and your own version of success. And yeah, I mean, that's going to be different for every single person. Right. And, and then you get to okay. figure out how to, how to prioritize what you need to get to that success. Like there isn't a, mm -hmm. you know, I, and I think that could be frustrating if you're going to like a coach or something and you're like, well, how do I do this? And you're like, well, it depends on who you are. Like what, what's going to work for you? What, what worked for me isn't going to work for you. I can share my experiences and I can help you talk through yours and like, but nobody has the same experience doing anything. Um, you know, there's lessons that you can learn, but there isn't a, a you know, a magic formula that's going to work for everybody all the time. Mm -hmm. Like you've got to, um, and that's one of the things is you, is, is that you have to be willing to look in and, um, you know, again, this is like discovering yourself, um, look in to know like what you need support with and what you don't and what you're, what you can knock out of the park and what is going to be a struggle, like every live long day and, and yeah. make choices accordingly. Yeah. And I, I love that you're like, it's, it's going to be different, right? Everyone's mm -hmm. going to be different. It reminds me about what I say about healing all the time is like, when we're talking about anything in life is like when it comes to trauma or neurodivergence or anything, it's like, you are as unique as your trauma is, is one of the things that I say all the time. And so therefore like your, it, that can apply to anything, right? It's like, everything in our lives is so context dependent that there is no one who's going to have the same subjective experience, beliefs, everything. Even if someone was in almost the exact same situation, they don't have your background. They don't have your experience. They don't have all of these stuff, right? They don't have whatever values or beliefs that are exactly the same. Like we are going to be individual humans and therefore our journeys are going to be more listening to internally what feels good. And that's, that's really like the finding the alignment with yourself and your true self and, and listening to that and letting that lead. And that's one of the biggest skills, like self-discovery, like you said, and then recognizing that maybe that is a corporate job. Maybe it's something different. Right. And, but you have to be able to allow yourself to be an individual 
and not just be a robot who's following what the world says. And I know that can be hard because yes. they, the world doesn't like individuals, mm-hmm. but yes. forget the And the, the world, world is big and they have a, <laughs> they have a lot of opinions. Um, really? Yeah, really. but at the same time, I mean, not to like scare any listeners into like, there are no answers, but like there are frameworks. <laughs> I mean, there are, um, you know, it's not like everybody has to reinvent the wheel, but um, so yeah, there are, there are frameworks, or but it's just that there's so many possibilities that that it's not going to be a, a um, you know, I I read this book and now I know how to do it. Like it's it's not. You're you're going to have to figure like things and your trial and error. Some of it, some of it, you know, instinctively. You look at that and you're like, there is no way that's going to work for me. Um, but but there were things like that that um, I didn't trust myself enough, and I'm like, oh well, this is what it says we need to do, so I should do it this way. Mm-hmm. And then I try it and it was miserable, and be like, I knew that wasn't going to work for me. Why did I try that? Um, yep. And it's okay that that didn't work for me. And it's great that it works for other people, but it's okay to try things and and leave them. It's okay to new, just ignore things that you know aren't going to work for you, even if everybody says you need to do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, like taxes, you should pay your taxes. Like that's like you should just ignore those. But like yeah. almost everything else, like if there's not a law, it's probably pretty flexible and you can do what works for you. Um, and And that's, I think that's the thing that um, is very freeing, but can also be very scary because, because you're like, but, but, but who's going to tell me what to do and give me all the rules to follow. Um, But that's, that's not why you're doing what you're doing. No. And, and that's the thing is like, if it's hard for you to get to that point by yourself, then that's when you reach out to someone like you. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I think that's a good segue to kind of wrap up the conversation for now. Um, and for those people who are looking for that support and people to help them figure out or the resources, can you share a little bit about where people can connect with you, some more things you offer? Um, sure. I'm on um, Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Everything is at Weirdly Wired Women. Um, I have my website. And then at, um, if you, uh, there's a couple of places you can find it on weirdly wired women, but my, um, kind of intro to thinking about things differently, as far as your work goes is, um, is called break free and bloom. And it's kind of a, like a high level master plan towards thinking about what you really want out of your job, um, and how to make your livelihood fit your life. Um, and so that's at weirdlywiredwomen.com slash welcome, or there's a couple of other places on the site that you can sign up for that. And, um, and I am also going to be starting a podcast soon, uh, August, August 15th. I'm going to put it out there or say it so that I actually have to to do it. Um, but just kind of talking about some will be solo episodes. Some will have guests just kind of talking about being, um, neurodivergent and in business and, um, or and being female trying to juggle all of the things that we have to juggle and you know what all those things mean in general I mean because there's so much overlap between like what's my personality what's my ADHD and what is growing up in the patriarchy (laughs) and um, yeah so I'm looking forward to that Uh, yeah so that's where I am yeah, that's wonderful. I am looking forward to that podcast. That is definitely something that is right up my alley. And I'm glad it's it's so funny. There's this theme. People come on here and then they start their own podcast. So I love <laughs> that this keeps happening with my guests. I think there's like five or six of y'all at this point. I love it. Everyone needs a podcast, everyone. Yes. Um, well, so I much. mean, especially if you get to talk to really cool people, like some of it, I'll just be rambling myself, but like conversations like this, they're just, it's again, it's part of that, like, 
not being alone. Like you are not mm-hmm. the only person struggling with the thing that you think you're struggling with. Like, um, you know, yeah, there's so many things that I kept quiet in my head because I was like, oh, cl- clearly I'm the, like the idiot in the room. And then I learned about my diagnosis and then I started talking to people and I'm like, no, no, that wasn't like, if only I had known and felt comfortable talking with someone, like how much, how much quicker could I've made the these leaps and, and discoveries about myself. Yep. And it's very much in alignment with what we do here too. Like literally it's, you felt silenced or weren't able to tell someone or felt alone. And this, this literally this whole space exists to say that like, you're not alone. You're valid. Here's some understanding as to what this is. And here's some supports and connections and whatever it is. So I'm just so grateful for people like you in conversations like this, like, because podcasting is my absolute favorite thing. Um, and it's because we get to have conversations like this and just be real open, honest, vulnerable, and remind people that they really are not alone. And regardless of however weirdly wired you think you are, there is a space for you and there are ways to create it. So I do. Hope well, exactly. That and connect. that, and that people have different perspectives, but like, there are so many people out again because it can feel lonely there's so many people out there in your corner who want to see you succeed Mm -hmm. um you just have to find those people yeah absolutely so make sure that you go connect with her because she's one of those people definitely one of those people thank you (laughs) you are one of those people as well well, a little love fest (laughs) a little love fest at the end oh we're gonna take that love and wrap it up thank you so much for being here again and thank you everyone for listening I hope that however you're moving forward today, have whatever day feels right for you and know that in whatever journey and whatever thing you're overcoming, we're here for support. Have a good day for having me. Of course. Bye.